I'm Jacob. I've seen Lost seven times. I'm Jack. I've never seen Lost before. Jack's about to watch all of Lost for the first time. For fuck. Hello and welcome to the Lost Boys Podcast. We're the every step of the way. You have me, Jacob Stowworthy. And me, Jack Shepherd. We are here today because we have watched season four, episode 11, Cabin Fever, which is kind of ironic because, I don't know about you, Jack. I got cabin fever. <laughs> we are bringing cabin fever to you with a heightened case of our very own cabin fever. Um, how are you doing, Jack? I, I'm, I'm fine. I and we had to watch this one. Go on. I was going to say I'm completely okay, but but how are you? How are you? I miss you, mate. <laughs> I do. I miss you. We're not. We're not. Let's be honest. We're not at the cabin fever stage where we're wanting to um, jump out the window, like say Regina jumping off the boat, or reading books upside down, much like Regina, or just generally everyone on that bloody boat. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe oh. maybe in your household. <laughs> Tell me about your your cabin fever stories. We're okay. We're uh, yeah. managing just about. I think I just I miss the outside. I think mainly. See, I have a garden, which is helping. I have. There's a balcony, but it's it's very very overlooked by about fifty other houses, and it's very small as well, <laughs> and pretty disgusting. Even though no. I've tried cleaning it about a hundred times, so you know, I'd rather, I'd rather. It sounds be in a, a bit. It sounds a bit like. Sounds a bit like the boat. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's kind of small. It's got, it's got, it's very dirty, <laughs> and there's lots of people around. Yeah, yeah. There's no anyway, cabin fever, luckily. Oh yeah, thank God for that. Cabin fever is a pretty huge episode. I'm sure you'd agree. Uh, we have baby lock. We have Jacob's cabin. We have Christian. We have creepy Claire. And we have the, one of the best final lines of a TV episode ever, I would say. Uh, Jack, your views on Cabin Fever, please. I I enjoyed Cabin Fever more than the Cabin Fever I'm going through. So oh well, well that, that's damning it with faint praise. No, it's really it was a very very good episode. I was I was having this conversation with my mum the other day, saying that I just want to. I'm at that phase where I just want to binge Lost now. I just want to. I just want to. I just want to keep watching. It's so hard. That's because of the cabin bloody fever, that is. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard not to just, like, go through them all. I just want to watch them. I know, I know, I know. I mean, especially now we are essentially at the, at the, at the free part finale. We are there. Um, so, you know, this is pretty hard time to not watch on, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, this was this is like a banging episode, isn't it? It's just very, yeah. very good. It is really good. It's it's It's... It's definitely up there. Um, interestingly as well, it's the first episode since um, DOC, which is season three, episode 18, to feature all flashbacks of an Oceanic 815 survivor, which I don't know about you, but that, that, I think that's proof of how far this show has come in just one short season. Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Wow, mm. I didn't didn't clock that at all. But yeah, this is like, it's like old school flashbacks. It is. And like, <laughs> like you say... Um, <laughs> you know they're flashing back in this one because... oh they they flash back real hard <laughs> <laughs> this is a flashback uh i i yeah so we see um uh i mean in general these flashbacks what they serve to alert us that locks ties to the island started from the moment he was born right yeah they also d- disqualify a previous theory of mine that 
these flashbacks of people just remembering the past. You know, because often it will just like zoom into someone's head and be like, ooh, flashback. But it's not that because there's no way Locke remembers being a baby. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really interesting point you make because there have been some instances where the flashback, you've seen people react to the flashbacks. Uh, the point, the one I always bring up is the one with Charlie vomiting in the photocopier um, back in season one. Uh, and and he kind of reacts to that. Um, and it's, it's kind of odd when he does it. Whereas now, like, you know, this is just filling in the gaps for the audience, right? <laughs> yeah, this is filling in gaps we didn't know needed filling, like him coming out yeah, of his mum's well, womb. I'm just saying to you now, I mean, yeah, okay. There's a lot today that we that I'm going to have to kind of evade because there was a lot you were picking up on when we were watching it whilst, you know, you know, in different houses uh, that I just couldn't really kind of even talk about. Um, and I'm sure you're going to delve into things that I'm going to be like, Jack, I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything here. But Locke, let me just say, you were waiting for a Locke episode and this is a very important one for his character. Extremely important. Okay. I mean, it feels because important. We, well, we learn that... We learned that he was being, you know, seemingly scouted by the others uh, since birth. He was never quite ready. It's definitely hinted that if he had kind of, you know, maybe picked the right item that Alpert put in front of him, maybe he would have lived the life Ben is now living. You know, there are parallels being drawn there right down to when, you know, he manipulates Hurley and Ben says, wow, you know, he made him think it was his idea and Locke says, I'm not you. Um yeah, I just find that those the parallels between those two quite striking. Yeah, it's almost you know Ben's like an alternate lock, isn't he? Mm. Just mm. kind of chosen in a in a different way, but lock kind and, of has. It feels like he's got and you know there's an inevitability about him going to the island and being part of that, even if it wasn't for all these you know hints along the way, you know through his upbringing. It's like it was. This was his, I guess you could say, fate. Yeah. And and what's what I find quite ironic about that is that the man of faith we've kind of seen on the island, he was almost pulled there decades before due to him being a man of science, because you know the when he's a teenager and then the teacher goes, Well, you know, your work at the science fair has caught the attentions of these other of this this company, and you know you know what I knew I, I think I had to remind you that Mitalos Biosciences was the kind of the the uh like fake company fronted by Alpert and Ethan when Juliet got recruited years later it's like they wanted him because of his science work and he's like I'm I'm not a man of science they're basically saying that he didn't say he didn't say in those <laughs> words <laughs> but he's like I'm not a man of science you know I'm, I'm, I like boxing I like sports and all this I don't want to be this guy because he, he he you know is getting beat up and shoved in lockers uh, and I find it ironic that when he comes to the island, he is the complete opposite of that, isn't he? Yeah. Well, no, no, he's not a complete opposite of that. Sorry. He's a man of faith. He's like embraced his, uh, his, he is the man of faith. It's kind of like he was right to kind of just kind of turn those, close those doors as it were, I think anyway. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm trying to find a way to kind of phrase it properly because it feels like, you know, he is naturally a more man of science and even his ways on the island you know he wants to find out why the island's working mm -hmm. you know the he's always asking you know about smoky and stuff like that you know proper questions i don't know if it is it's almost like 
you know, he, he's got faith in the island, but he wants to know how it works. He wants to find mm. the reasoning for it and why he's there and understand those questions. And so it's almost like he's, you know, that maybe that's his character arc then would be just spitballing where he could be going from that. You know, maybe he's going to become the man of science that he was almost born to be that he naturally is from even his childhood, you know, he was naturally a man of science, but kind of went against it. And then you could probably argue, you know, the opposite for Jack, who, I mean, the two obviously are almost like the yin and yang in many cases of this series. You see Jack, who's a man of science, apparently through his actions as like, you know, a literal um, surgeon and stuff. And then suddenly if he's, you know, he has a crisis of that when he's back in the real world and we know he wants to come back to the island and stuff. So maybe he'll, he'll go through the opposite. He'll be the man of faith in the end. Would you like to see that? I think it would be intriguing. And I think having the two men going, you know, you know, kind of doing a switcheroo, the classic mm. switcheroo would be, would definitely, you know, that it almost that's almost like a, a natural character arc for both of them because it'd be the most interesting what i kind of like is when you think about it is the tussle Locke has had between well you know we don't really know he's had a tussle but obviously with jackie's had the tussle of i'm a man of faith you're a man of science and then in the flashbacks in past flashbacks he's like you know are are you a hunter are you a farmer i'm a hunter you know like trying to just like really enforce these ideals that he wants he wants to be the hunter he wants to be the man of faith Whereas on and on the island now he's kind of getting to kind of like play up to that that this hunter uh, and this guy who's you know faith gets him through and these dreams and whatnot and these messages that sent to him. However, it's now kind of being highlighted to us that if he kind of went against that, he would have ended up on the island far sooner than he ever you know than he did. So like the man of science, as we mentioned, the science fair is what caught the attention of Alpert. And then also years before when he was a little boy and he's put he has all these items in front of him uh, and he picks the knife and that is what kind of you know pushes Alpert to go okay you're not ready yeah and it's a, it is this little kind of innate hunger to be something that he's not I find that was really interesting yeah I feel like um, again like the parallels with Jack I think that I see especially you know because we see his dad in this episode Mm. and it's like you know he follows his dad into that profession of being a scientist not a scientist but you know I mean someone who's in the like you know medical field and working in that area so I guess like almost you know he was almost forced into that I wouldn't be surprised if he was forced into it by his dad you know it's Mm. like you know but actually he's kind of more naturally and he is more naturally the other side of that the kind of the more the hunter and leader and brutish type rather than scientist. Um, yeah, there you go. Than a scientist, yeah. And and then on the, on, on, the, on, the, on the flippy flip, you have Ben, and there are some similarities between them two that we learn. Like, for example, they both have mothers called Emily, which we both, we knew that already. Uh, but here we learn that they're both born very prematurely um, and that their mothers died kind of, well no sorry emily didn't die but both their brothers were like in accidents and had to go to hospital because of their births and they have terrible fathers so there is like similarities between them two as well you know oh yeah for sure i think i mean ben's almost like the kind of he feels like the like patient one 
and then logs like you know the actual like patient two <laughs> where they kind of perfected him a bit he's like you know the what ben wanted or should have been to the to the project whereas if you do you see what i mean like it, <laughs> yeah yeah it's absolutely. weird that's a weird and, and ben now <laughs> what ben's going through is kind of no, I like it because what what you're seeing with Ben now is you're seeing him kind of uh, view lock in those eyes of shit. Like I, you were meant to be me, and you kind of are me. And so, what? Mm. Where does that leave me? Um, I find that quite interesting for his character now. In fact, I absolutely love the trio of him early and lock in this episode, where Ben's worth has just completely been decimated, and he's being led around by Lock, and if not Lock, Hurley. You know, like that's mad to think. Well, I get it. Now you got your magic map. You don't, you don't need me anymore. I'm offering you a chance to leave. I don't want to put you in harm's way against your will. You think walking through the jungle at night by myself is going to be any safer? I'm not sure it is. I think I'll stick with you guys. This way. What? He actually thinks staying was his idea. Not bad, John. Not bad at all. I'm not you. You're certainly not. Yeah, I think it, 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 the whole situation puts into question, like, because we know where Ben ends up. You know, we don't know that with Locke yet, but we know that Ben is going to be still kind of playing games and still assassinating people and stuff like that in the end. So <laughs> they obviously don't get rid of him that easy he's not obviously not you know jacob or whoever's not done with him yet the island's not anyway yeah i mean i mean Maybe. obviously with the whole um the whole freight the freight a lot wanting him <laughs> uh that adds and the whole charles widmore um thing gives him a, a larger purpose but in terms of like the uh the island and him being the leader of the others uh i do think that this episode is kind of telling us his time is done you know yeah, I imagine, yeah. Well, it, it kind of feels like, it's always felt like he's been beholden to someone anyway, um, even though mm. I know he's had, like, autonomy and stuff. But I, I guess because we have, we've, we know that he's been doing stuff for Jacob, so we've always known that there was a leader behind him. And so he's therefore always slightly been a lapdog in some regards because he's, you know, there's a higher power. Um so yeah. I'm intrigued. I'll be mm. definitely be super intrigued to see what how that plays out and how if you know how Locke reacts to that. If Locke is going to be like the chosen one, the chosen um, one, yeah, yeah, and and, be... and obviously someone who predates Ben by quite a bit. I mean, we knew he did already, but now we're kind of getting a, a wider hint that this guy has been around for quite a while is Richard Alpert, right? Uh, who we see there at Locke's birth, um, right through, you know, important moments of his life. Now, why do you, why do you think, or how do you have any theories about Alpert and why he's there uh, at I those th- moments? Th- yeah, I think he's, I mean, I think he's just really good at makeup, so that's why he hasn't aged. <laughs> I think he's just—he's got a really good skincare regime. Um, really good, yeah. He—he <laughs> he, he should be on adverts. He knows that's the eyeliner on. <laughs> yeah, um, good old Nesta Carbonell. Yeah, I—I I mean, 
properly. What do I think? I don't know. It, it's really hard because he definitely. I don't know how he's surviving or what he is, or but he, oh, I don't know. I just don't know. It's a really so hard. So we know he doesn't age. Presumably, unless he's just yeah, time cause... traveling using the island. <laughs> right, right, right. Which you never know <laughs> of this show. But yeah, no. I mean, I mean, there are hints that he can't age. Uh, like Ben's made a hint before to him and stuff about remembering birthdays and things. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, he he is a good character who I think the the Colton and Damon wanted to know they had on hand to include in episodes, but he got cast. The actor got cast on another show, and it wasn't until that show got cancelled that they were like, ah, great, now we can use him. Uh, so I'm just going to say to you, yeah, you'll see some more of output for sure. That's interesting because he does feel like, you know, from these flashbacks, it feels like he should be a really, really key part of like the mystery that's unfolding mm. um, or, you know, at least kind of managing that. Maybe he's, you know, he feels like another almost lapdog to Jacob, you know, mm-hmm. someone else who's under his control and doing his bidding. So, I'm intrigued to see how he fits into the bigger picture as well of mm. the island stuff. I mean, it's just it, it. There's just so much going on that you know, <laughs> with the with the, all the fucking um, Dharma initiative and stuff, which was happening, and then mm-hmm. like was therefore that always been the island's wish to fucking just get rid of them all because they all they they he killed them all right. That was the Dharma initiative. What the, the the well the others kind of led the purge, didn't they? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that was, maybe that just has nothing to do with the bigger mystery. I don't know. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the scene I want to talk about now is the one where Richard comes to visit Locke as a little boy, uh, which is um interesting for a few reasons. Firstly, we see Locke playing backgammon, which we know he'll continue to love, and has actually inspired me to uh, buy a chessboard. <laughs> That's that's not the same. Well, it's not the same, but I was looking at it like backgammon. Oh, yeah, I don't know how to play that. Oh, you know, what else I don't know how to play? Chess. I'm going to buy a chessboard. So that's, <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I, I You don't know how to play chess. I fucking love chess. Oh, right. Well, that's a, that's a golden it thrown down. When I've learned, I'll whip your ass at chess. That is a huge claim that it's definitely never going to happen. I guarantee you I will. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the other things uh, of note in this scene, because that was obviously the most important thing to note of that scene, um, is uh, the call. There's some callbacks. So um, there's a callback to Walt in particular and how special he was as a child. Uh, on his wall, you see what seemed to be the same pictures of the birds he was looking at when one flew into the window all those episodes ago. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. And then there is that um, pretty eye-catching picture of what appears to be a smoke monster killing someone. <laughs> yeah, the one on the fridge. <laughs> that made me giggle quite a lot. Because it, it's like, it just imagine Locke's mum just like, this is a really beautiful picture. Let's put this, <laughs> let's put this on on the fridge. In what world would that warrant going on the wall? I mean... <laughs> so funny anyway um richard output then starts to kind of do a test similar to what i've been reading um um, is the same one to kind of select the the new dalai lama which is by putting items in front of someone and saying what of these which of these belong to you already um 
Now, among the items that Albert placed in front of Locke, uh, we have the knife, which he eventually picks. We have uh, a little kind of tube of um, sand, which I'm presuming is sand from the island. Uh, and we have a comic titled Mystery Land. That reminded have... me of Walt quite a lot. That. The comic, yeah. 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 That's definitely another callback to Paul, actually, isn't it? Thinking about it. Yep. Um, uh, we have a compass. Um, and we have uh, the Book of Laws, uh, which actually uh, Locke will have an experience with uh, much later in his life. Can you tell me when? Um, is Sawyer reading it and then he gives it's, it to him? <laughs> no, it's the book that um, Echo tells Locke a story about uh, when he unveils the missing rill from the orientation video. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that because obviously them two have a lot of like kind of fate slash coincidence arguments and they're both, you know, men of faith and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, um, also Alpert in this scene has the same bag he has um, the last time we see him on the island, uh, which as well as having good uh, skincare regime, he's got good good choice of bags. It's good wear on that bag, isn't it? Yeah, that has lasted a long time, Decades. that bag. I want to know where he bought it. Um, so I like this scene, even though Lock, baby Lock, uh, screws it up, <laughs> and his mum's like, "What have you done?" <laughs> but you made an interesting point about it being quite similar. You know, like there's a school for youngsters with special for hours or, or whatever. It's quite X Men-y, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's very X Men-y. It's and it, I guess it, you know, with so many callbacks to Walt and stuff, it is. And we've seen the others choosing children before, you know, taking mm. children away from their parents and stuff. It does make you wonder, like, what, I don't know, how they're choosing these children. Are they mutants? What's going on? What are their powers? Mm. Um, mm. What What does the island want with them? Because we know that Walt's got some weird power, or did do, before he grew up. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, and 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 I'm not. It doesn't really suggest that Locke has that, but it suggests that Locke has some kind of communion with the island, um, and has done since since a young age. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe not like a power in the same way as Walt, but you know, maybe something untapped within him. We don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sure. it, it's an interesting. Yeah, I, it really did remind me of you know like Professor X coming in to you know get the kids and stuff. Um, be like you're a special. Um, <laughs> so, do you want to see a spin-off of Alpert going around and just like rounding up special kids? <laughs> Sounds a bit wrong, but yeah, I, I you know, I, I've got to say these scenes of of Richard in the fifties looking like he's fresh out of Mad Men does make me think he would have been a good Don Draper. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to John Hamm, obviously he did a great job, fine, fine job. Um, in flash, uh, jumping forward uh, to uh, Locke as a as a teenager, a bit of an angry teenager. Um, but I guess if you're getting thrown into lockers, you would be a bit, a bit angry. Did you spot the poster in his locker? Uh, no, I didn't. It's a band. Oh, that may it? or may not be real. <laughs> is it? <laughs> oh, fuck. I can't, uh, Geronimo Jackson. Is that it? Geronimo Jackson. That is it. That is it. Which I've got, got to be quite honest with you. I don't. I can't remember if I thought they were real or not. Now I definitely just went along with whatever the other person who would email in said. <laughs> I went against <laughs> that uh, to be quite contrary. 
But yeah, he was a fan of Geronimo Jackson. Um, and this scene we, gives us the, uh, which I find quite funny, the origin story of uh, the phrase, don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> which is up there with uh, with maybe unnecessary levels with um, the Desmond's origin story of brother. You can't be the prom king. You can't be the quarterback. You can't be a superhero. Don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> yeah. I love a good origin story. It's just so like... I know. It's, um, it's quite funny. Yeah. It's almost like when, when, when he's saying, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. You pause it and you go, what line do you reckon he's going to say now? <laughs> I reckon I know. Um, and then in another flashback, um, we get uh, the return of a character for the first time since the premiere episode of this season. Um, in the, uh, in the, as an orderly, when, when Locke is, uh, you know, in his wheelchair. Uh, Matthew Abaddon, do you remember him? Yeah, I do. What do you think about him? He's got a very expressive face. Lance Reddick, very good actor. Um, quite ominous. Yeah, quite quite scary in this. Um, I mean... So do you remember the last time we saw him? Yeah, because he was with Hurley, wasn't he? In the, in the um, uh, uh, asylum, yeah. And he was trying to find out, um, you know if anyone was still alive on the island. So he's definitely got some links there, right? Yeah, definitely. And what's he saying to Locke this time around? Oh, he's saying you need to go on a walkabout, hashtag callback to season one, episode four. You're very proud of yourself remembering that, aren't you? I am. And I mean... (laughs) I'm proud of you. (laughs) Yeah, he needs to go on a... He says Locke needs to go to the Aussie Outback and go on a walkabout um, to like find himself or whatever. Um, so it's almost like he's pushing him in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, Locke does end up going to Aussieland, so he must take that message on board. Have you seen the film Walkabout? I have. Yeah, the Nick Rogue film. Yeah, do you like it? I do. I like it very much, actually. Yeah. Do you? Uh, it's all right. It's quite. Yeah, I don't. I don't fancy going on a walkabout myself. It's no, I mean, it doesn't. It's not. It's not like a a, a poster for walkabouts. <laughs> I mean, a poster of the film Walkabout is quite literally a poster for Walkabout. But it's not It's not like, yeah, it doesn't make me want to enlist myself in this. I think it would just put me off. If someone said you need to go on a Walkabout, I'd be like, if it's anything like that movie, mate, no thanks. <laughs> no thanks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a good film, though. I recommend that film yeah. for people who but haven't seen it. Um, also, Locke can't yeah. walk. It's just quite rude. You know, if someone, imagine if you overheard that as yeah. another, like, patient. I mean, Locke... <laughs> <laughs> I mean the way he's acting is a bit dodgy firstly he wheels him right up to the stairs <laughs> like he's going to push him out push him <laughs> yeah. down uh, but I don't know I'm getting to hint that he's kind of working for good almost at this point like uh, where I am with you like I'm like hey, I don't know I quite like this guy I I, I am not there this all <laughs> this all feels just I mean like, I think I'm just like even um, Richard a guy liner it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, there is no way that man's working for, for good. There's no way any of this is working for good. I okay. don't know. 
it just feels it doesn't doesn't feel doesn't feel <laughs> good um i don't you know and i don't know why i can because you know charles Widmore and his stuff they all seem like dickheads as well they do but here abaddon says to Locke, you should go on the walkabout and next time me and you run into each other you'll owe me one he says oh when are they gonna bump into each other I know, but that's well. I I think it's there to kind of line up for you to think because the following scene is Locke going into the cabin. It and I, when I first watched it, I did think, oh, is it him in there? Oh, interesting. Yeah, when I that's what I first thought, but but you guessed it straight off the bat. I God, I fucking knew it was going to be Christian. Yeah, you always about you it. always wanted to be Christian. You just love Christian so much. <laughs> He's a good character, to be fair. He's a very good character. Before we um, before we dive into the cabin stuff, let's talk about the, the preceding island stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, before that, Abaddon, you're like, no, he's bad. Um, um, That's your view, opinion? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so the island stuff, I like this a lot. The, the I'm talking about the Ben Lock and Hurley stuff. I do love these scenes. I think those are three great actors plonked together. Yeah. For sure. I mean, if you could um, throw Sawyer in the bunch as well, then that would be like dream team. But, you know, three, three, three's a good number. It's like throwing Juliet as well. Maybe throwing, throwing uh, uh, Jack, throwing Kate. Throw just throw in. them all. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like the um, the early stuff with the dream of Horace, actually, because... Um, the way it, it kind of plays out this dream it's kind of hinting at some form of time loop because he like repeats things and then he knocks a tree down and all of a sudden the trees back up um very odd very odd scene but i like it a lot hello there you gotta find me john you gotta find me and when you do, you'll find him. Who? Jacob. <laughs> He's been waiting for you a real long time, man. I'm Horace. Yeah, I like this scene a lot as well. It was, it's kind of, it's unnerving especially when he starts talking about being dead and stuff. But the fact it is like repeating, mm. it does, I guess, you know, one thing that, again, everyone talked about this purgatory thing, that is what I imagine something like purgatory would be like if you were just, you know, repeatedly doing the same task over and over again and kind of almost, mm -hmm. you know, schizophrenically not knowing who you are or who they are or what's happening. And yeah, it's very, very unnerving. Yeah, it is. And the fact that Horace is the one to kind of tell Locke about uh, the cabin is is important for a few reasons. One, because he built the cabin, uh, we learn. He, he built it as like a uh, a little like kind of halfway house between for, for him and his girlfriend to get away from the Dharma Initiative and, and his duties. Um, but also because Horace was, was the guy who brought Ben to the island. And then when uh, Locke goes to the uh, the mass grave and finds Horace's body. Ben is bloody alarmed, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Weird. 
It is weird. And then that then a lot gets the blueprints. It is odd. It's very odd. I mean, the actor who plays Horace, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. He's he's um, Doug Hutchison, who's a uh, guy who played the character Tombs in The X-Files, which is a very famous uh, villain. There's no way they've got an actor who's like in a big TV show to just be like a bit part then. There must be. There, there's. He's going to be back, isn't he, Horace? I don't know. You get some people who cameo, right? Like in big roles. Yeah, but I feel like that. that they. It feels like something that Damon would have been very happy with, like you know, scoring like a big X Files villain and being like, "Oh, let's use him. He's actually going to be really key." <laughs> I mean, you, the biggest actor for for me personally, he, the guest star comes in season six, and they are completely wasted. Oh, really? Yeah, for me. I know. Interesting. Isn't Alison Janney in this show at some stage? Uh, yeah, yeah, but that that is totally like a one episode kind of like we've got her. Let's just like make the most of her, so she's not wasted. Okay. Um, but uh, this other person is. I'm not going to say who it is, but great actor. Will I recognise them? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um. I also uh, oh, thing I was going to say. I just really want to say about Doug Hutchison is uh, he was quite famous for for having an extremely young girlfriend um, who ended up in Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, okay. Courtney something or other, but like like disgustingly young. No, no offense if any of them are listening, but it wasn't right. Um, so. Anything of note for you with these scenes? I mean, I've mentioned the scene when, when Locke says to Hurley, you can go now. I was mistaken in thinking that you could you could lead us here. And then Hurley's like, no, I think I'll stay with you. And then Ben hints that Locke wanted Hurley to stay the whole time, mm. which I think quite, I find quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, and generally, I, just Jorge Garcia, I find a bit like having so much more to do now. Like he's very important to this story, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I like that because he he was, you know, the comic relief and we very much enjoyed him in, you know, season one being that. But I mean, I mean, it all started to turn around when he had his first episode, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. You know, a fan favourite scene appears in this episode. It's the scene when they get to the cabin and after Locke goes in, (laughs) Locke gets absolutely left high and dry by Ben and Hurley. who are like, "Uh," one look and they think, no way am I going in there. Uh, It's a scene where Hurley and Ben... um, Share a chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah, I like that scene. <laughs> it's a good one, and I think it's it, it's a necessary reprieve from the uh, pretty craziness of of the cabin. Which um, do you want to talk about? What's your views on this? Apart from the fact that you thought that it was gonna just like end the minute he went in. Yeah, I did think the episode was gonna end when he went in. I was just I was so ready for that cliffhanger, and then. You know, we actually followed him in and then we saw Christian and Claire who looked just super high, just chilling. <laughs> um, and it, I want what Claire's having. <laughs> yeah, it's just so funny. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, it, it was a surprise to see, see Claire and her dad there. Um, and mm. I reckon, you know, they're both dead and we've been seeing a lot of dead characters recently. And so I think... Claire definitely at this stage definitely died in that fucking bazooka shot. Um, and it's, a, you, you know, they're just, yeah, definitely. They're just, chill- they're, now they're just chilling in, in 
Deadlands, which is the cabin. <laughs> Deadland is the cabin. I mean, the uh, Christian does say to Locke, it's probably a good idea you don't tell anyone she was here. And Aaron is where he's supposed to be and stuff, you know. So there's like hints that things are as they should be, um, which is just very weird. The whole thing is odd. What does Christian want with Claire if she's not dead? I guess it's a good theory. Okay, I'm convinced. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, but interestingly, uh, Locke is obviously very bemused. No idea that this is Jack's dad, by the way, which I find uh, quite funny. Uh, and he's probably just like, who is this random guy? And then he, Christian, tells him to ask a question which, uh, you know, he needs to know the answer to. Uh, and then we leave the cabin and... He well, he asks how how do I save the island, and we leave the cabin, and he gives the answer to Ben and Hurley, which is um, pretty out there. To move the island. What do you think about this? I think it's fucking batshit. I have no idea whatsoever how they're gonna move the fucking island. How is it going to be something to do? Well, actually, I do have a theory, um, and it lines up kind of with the hatch and what. Yeah. Desmond did a while ago because remember there was that like I think I theorized or I'm not sure if it was shown or I can't I it's been a long show um but when the plane came crashing down <laughs> I guess my theory was like maybe that they mm -hmm. turned on the like generator or something and then um you know there was an incident and that's how they kind of found the island and maybe the island therefore moved at that point, which is why they ended up crashing there. Yeah. And so maybe something similar, maybe it will be something to do with the hatch where they can like, you know, turn a key and something will happen. And the maybe it won't be so much like physically moving the island, but more, you know, changing. Oh, I don't know. It's really hard unless it's to do with like the, the hot spots. Like there was the spot in Australia, which was maybe like magical and could save people. And, Maybe they can mm. just like hop the island round or something. I don't know. Mm. It's pretty pretty out there. Food for thought, that's for sure. <laughs> Claire? Hi, John. What are you doing here? Don't worry, I'm fine. I'm with him. <sighs> Where's the baby? The baby's where he's supposed to be. And that's not here. It's probably best that you don't tell anyone that you saw her. Why? We Why is she? We don't have time for this. The people from the boat are already on their way back. And once they get here, all of these questions won't matter one bit. So why don't you ask the one question that does matter? How do I save the island? I think I think I think I I when this episode aired that that line made me like jump my feet and like yelp in excitement because I was like what does it what does that mean this is so lost like that's probably one of the most lost moments ever ending on that line. Hmm. I it's yeah it's it's almost too out there. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't know it's just like something else where you're just like what the fuck. Um, 
But in a way, yeah, I, I liked it though. I do like that. And I think <laughs> I'm excited to see because I know that the season's, you know, not too much longer. So I'm hoping, obviously, they'll they'll kind of come up with a way to do that soon. So I'm like excited to see how cool. that plays out. I think the 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 um, freighter stuff is very much uh, more kind of formulaic and and, and finale setupy um, than anything else. Uh, so it's like it's obviously not the best stuff of the episode, but it's still pretty action packed, uh, and we kind of get uh, you know Kimi's next steps. Uh, outlined to us which is he wants to uh utilize a secondary protocol which is torching the island uh which the only thing interesting here is is to me is that he says that this book uh will the folder he looks in predicts where ben is going next um where do you think he's going oh i i don't know to fucking middle of the desert yeah. Well, it would be remiss of me not to point out that the cover of the folder that Kimi's holding has the same Dharma logo that was on the coat Ben wore when he woke up in the Sahara Desert. Interesting. Mm. Um, I mean, this is, yeah, I guess that slightly ties. What do are Dharma and Charles Woodmore tied beforehand? Do, uh, do we know they're the same? We do not know that. Okay. Because this is like, that's a hint at that, surely. Mm-hmm. maybe yeah, I don't know how could I possibly say <laughs> <laughs> being such a dick um, okay yeah I reckon I reckon we've we, we, we I reckon I'm on some in there yeah well, maybe point. maybe I think uh, the, the, the only other things worth noting here really is that um, firstly we don't really know how Kimi plans to torch the island but we know that he's got this little contraption strapped to him now, uh, but we don't really know what that's going to do. But do you have an idea? Um, well, it looks like, you know, oh, if his heart stops beating, something bad's going to happen. Okay. So he can't die. Um, I don't know what the bad thing is. Maybe the freighter blows up and therefore they have no way of getting out from mm. the island. So, you know, Jack won't want to kill him or something. Interesting. Um, um, yeah. We but also that, find out. Sorry, Tom. I was going to say this is teeing up Jack for you know a medical emergency where he needs to remove it from Kimi without setting off everything. Mm. Either that, or he's going to have to work with Saeed, our man of you know fucking loves a little gizmo. He he's going to see it and he's going to be like, oh boy, God. <laughs> <laughs> Saeed, who is on his way back to the island now, which is uh, pretty great, which he's keeping to the bearing. Desmond's like, please don't have what happened to me happen to you um but the captain turned he was good after all wasn't he he he, he and now, now he's dead god rest his soul but he he was good in all yeah he was it's brutal so, kimi also fucking kills the doctor doesn't he right so we find out what happened to the doc because we know the doctor's gonna die right yeah yeah the guy's he well yeah so he washes up on shore a few days before he dies um and then we see omer get the morse code message which faraday sends and bernard translates uh and um, I almost wish they didn't remind viewers of that, you know, because I guess people would have forgot. But it's kind of like, I mean, did you forget? Did you look at the doctor and be like, oh, yeah, he's going to die at some stage because he washes up on shore? No, I forgot. I needed that oh, little right. reminder. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, he get, he, he gets his throat slit and he's thrown in the ocean um, because Frank is trying to be a hero. He's trying to be brave. And I get that Frank is trying to be brave because he's a legend um, <laughs> and say, look, you're not going to you're not going to get to the iron because I'm not going to fly it. But obviously, Kimi is just going to kill some people. So 
like he's gonna he's clearly not gonna win the situation. So I wish Frank just kind of like just did it. Yeah, Frank's gonna have his moment. He's he is a boy. I like Frank. He's he's, a, he's obviously a goodie, and he he's he's trying to help them out by throwing the satellite phone um onto the uh, good throw as well. I mean, it sends Claire's beach camp crashing, which might be a bit of a metaphor. Um, but it, uh, you know, he's trying to help them clearly. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that he's trying to help everyone. I mean, it is an incredible throw. <laughs> it's a you bit know. too good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we also see earlier that um, Kimi tries to fucking kill Michael, doesn't he? Right, Michael is a little bit fucked here, isn't he? Yeah, Michael. I mean, I mean, you're gone. He's just being a little bitch about it. I don't know. Hey, Michael. Yeah, why well, he's just he, he's giving he gives away that he's been talking to Ben. Yeah, but I mean, what's he got to lose now? And he also knows that the island's probably not going to let him die, like you say, until until it's done with him. So <laughs> if Kimi does put a gun to his head, it, it, nothing's going to happen, which is mad. Yeah, he's using that. He's abusing that power. <laughs> Wouldn't you do that, though? You just like, like, I don't know, do a pit of fire and just like walk across it. But like, no, because it would still hurt. I it would still hurt. That's... <laughs> you wouldn't go like out into the middle of traffic and be like, ooh, because you'd be like, oh shit. You know, Locke still has his fucking back broken. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I would be, I would use that power in a very bad way. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I, I think Michael here, I don't think you can blame him. He's been found out, sure. Thanks to Saeed. Um, but, you know what's he got? What's he? What's he? What can he do in this situation? Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. What's your predictions for next week? Which is the part one of a finale, by the way. Yeah, I know. I'm str- I'm struggling thinking about this as well because I just really don't know where we're going to go. I think they're going to do some like weird episode, maybe with like Claire or something. Okay. Um. She hasn't had an episode yet. She's also no. maybe dead. So I think <laughs> you know they might. Re- there'll be some revelation there. Ah, oh, it's so, hard because there's no like there's no like big character we haven't seen. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Is there? I <laughs> uh, couldn't possibly say. You've not had a. Uh, I don't think we've had a um, Sawyer one this episode this season. Oh, our boy Sawyer. Hmm. Where is he at the moment? He's with... He's with... He, he, Claire's just gone missing, so he's with Miles and the baby in the middle of the jungle. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I also, by the way, something that is brilliant, the, probably the best shot of the episode, is when Desmond's like, I'm going to stay on the boat. And then when Kimi and all that stuff starts going down and shots are fired and people's necks are slit, you see Desmond <laughs> just kind of walk away. <laughs> he's like, um, maybe I'll just, like, go inside. Yeah. It's very good. Um, I'm really excited for these episodes to come. Uh, I think you're going to really like them, which I've been saying all season long. But you've actually have been enjoying this season a lot. Yeah, I have. I really, I, I do like this season. I think it's been very good. Oh, we do have the the scene or the with our OG crew, with Jack and Juliet, and everyone, don't we? And Kate, oh, Juliet, seeing the show one with one um one line about Jack being a bad patient. Yeah. <laughs> They're all having now the, the 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 drama of like that love triangle has kind of gone. Like you can tell they're all just like kind of getting on a bit. <laughs> yeah, it seems quite fun on that side of the island. Everyone's just like, oh, we're gonna get saved. It's all right. 
enjoy the last few days yeah. of the island, get a, get a tan on, you know. The reactions of the people when they see the helicopter are quite telling. Like Kate and Juliet are like all smiles, whereas like Jin and Sun and Jack are all like quite concerned. Yeah, we don't see um, what's his name, Faraday. We don't see Faraday or Charlotte, no. Hmm. Wonder what they're up to. Um. Well, all that leaves uh, us is is two things. Uh, number watch. Number watch. There's not a lot of them here, uh, other than two kind of like things that aren't really episode related. Well, they are episode related, but not specific. So, firstly, it's forty-two minutes long. Number watch. And secondly, four actors play the same character one episode. It's quite intriguing. That is intriguing. We don't. Yeah. It's surprising for an episode that seems so tied with the island. Normally, these ones are like chock fucking full with them, and you know we'll see like I don't know. You know, loads and loads of them. But for for a lock episode, this feels that's a disappointing number watch. Number number loose, yeah. yeah. How many how many items did fucking guy liner pull out? Was it only six? One, two, three. Six, yeah. I nailed that. Did you like that? Just Yeah, but but you couldn't name them all though. Okay. Uh there was the comic, knife. Mm-hmm. Sand, mm. the mm. book, mm. compass. Mm. Oh shit! Was there something else? Yeah, one more. Ah, oh. ah. Oh. Wasn't uh, it? A, it was. I, I remember what it is. God. Uh, yeah, of course you do. You've watched it <laughs> nine times. Like eight. <laughs> Which is the number watch? <laughs> no, I. Uh, shall I put you out of your misery? Yeah, go on. Isn't it a baseball glove? Oh yeah, there's a glove. Yeah. yeah. Baseball glove. Um, who's a hero and villain of the week? Mm. Difficult. I I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I I villain is clearly Kimi. Yeah, that's like too obvious though. I feel mm. like I Maybe mean, teenage lock. No, teenage lock isn't a villain. Okay, I know the who it is. Bullies Jack. who put him in the locker are the girls who laugh at him. Yeah, the girl, the girl who laugh, or the person who knocks over his mum in the car. At the beginning. Yeah, very. Yeah. That's a good villain. I feel yeah. like Kimi's probably going to be villain of the <laughs> week again, or has already been villain of the week. So, you know, he is. He, he, on, He's villain of the season, if anything. Yeah, that's true. He's stereotypical villain. I, I agree. You got to share the villain love. Okay, right. Yeah. So we're going to go with the people who shoved him in the locker and the girl who laughed at him. I think that's good. Because <laughs> as far as we know, that it was a rainy night, you know, when Emily ran into the street. They didn't expect someone to run into the street. I don't think they intended to hit her. Oh, I think we're missing an obvious villain as well, which is Locke's grandma. Oh, yeah. She's quite... Who yeah. wants to just give him away. She's trying to smoke around the new baby. Yeah, prematurely born young baby. What the hell? She's just like, oh, grandma. Lot. How do I? How do I give him away? How does you know? Ah, oh, yeah. I I think maybe her. <laughs> yeah, probably. Her. She's up there. Um, the hero, hero of the week. Uh, you go with hero. Go on. I'm gonna say hero of the week is. 
I think Hurley. That would be mine for sharing the chocolate really? bar. That is, I like it. I think. Or Frank for chucking out, uh, for trying to Fra- save him. Frank. Frank is obviously up there, but Frank obviously has blood on his hands now a little bit as well. Yeah. Sign I think Horace for just like for just making, just helping out Locke in the dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite heroic, isn't it? I guess. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> He's been dead for twelve bloody years. I yeah. I think maybe maybe Saeed because he does go back to the to the the thing to the island. Um, yeah, I'd say like legend of the week for his for his little dart away would be Desmond. Just clearly, just like yeah, <laughs> I am not staying here. <laughs> I'd rather go to my bloodstained uh, cell than stand here. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's exciting! I'm excited for you to see the next one, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited. Just to, see to fill in. Um, just to fill in for the for the listeners, uh, we're going to watch the next one and record the next one, and then um, as one episode, and then we're going to do um, the episode two and three of the finale uh, as one big one, aren't we? Yeah, big one. Uh, big one. There's going to be so much to talk about. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening, everyone, and uh, we really hope everyone's dealing well with their respective lockdowns. Um. And I'm happy we can bring this to you still, even though it's not ideal. It's not the way any of us planned it. But we're, we're going to continue, aren't we, Jack? Yeah. Hopefully help you guys uh, with your cabin fever. Way. And on that note, where can people find us? You can find us at Lost Boys Pod. You're at Jack J. Shepard, are, uh, are you not? I am, and you're at Jacob underscore Stoll, are you no, not? No, I, I am. I, uh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you can tell we're, we've got Cabin Fever as well whilst watching and recapping Cabin Fever it's we're mad. on like season 5 nearly Jacob I know it's mad it's mad and the next episode the finale is called There's No Place Like Home you can't you, you can't write it that all of this lockdown has happened at the at the time where the lot of episodes tally up perfectly <laughs> it's, it's just insane yeah, well, well, let's have a think, Jack, and we'll, we'll let the listeners know what we're going to do with season five. Because I, I like to have a little break between, so you can kind of get excited. But maybe we won't do that. Maybe we'll just dive straight into season five, considering people need stuff to look forward to. Not presuming that people kind of like wait on us new episodes as something to kind of, you know, the highlight <laughs> of their week. But it, I think maybe we just go ahead. Yeah, I think we've been quite sporadic anyway. So, and I imagine it will continue the same. So we're just, we're just you know give it a little well, surprise won't we we've also got our little interview henry and cusick for fans to listen for to look forward to i been teasing that for years mate i, I know mean, well it's coming it's coming I don't, even, I don't even believe it happened to be honest <laughs> and you've heard it or have you not i don't know <laughs> no i haven't <laughs> uh all right mate well this has been a fairly enjoyable podcast again uh i miss you mate miss you too and uh yeah listeners Stay strong, keep in there, send us your messages, spread the lost love, and we'll catch you next week. Jack, can you sign us off? Um, I've got cap fever, I've got cap fever. Do, do, do. do. <laughs> did he tell you what we're supposed to do? I did. Well? He wants us to move the island.